How many agree we are under attack? The world, the flesh, the devil. I mean, they're on us like piranhas every day, right? And I tell you what, we got to get some spiritual armor on, folks. I mean, we're living in the evil day. We're living in the last days. Uh, have you ever seen these gladiator movies? I, I saw one recently. It was kind of an older movie. But these guys had so much armor on that all they did for about 45 minutes was just gong each other with this heavy equipment. But they didn't get hurt because they had on so much armor. Finally, they got so tired that they just quit. The crowd applauded them and they walked off. But because uh, they had so much armor on. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of those older ones. It's so funny. But uh, if you have on your spiritual armor, you know, you will never die. You will never get hurt. And, um, and that's why the Bible says we're more than conquerors through Christ. We cannot be defeated if we have our spiritual armor on. Now, some people may have their helmet on and their breath. They may have a lot of armor. You may just be laying on the ground getting gonged by the devil all day long. But you can't, he can't kill you. He can't defeat you. He can just kind of gong you if you let him. Okay, but tonight, I want to talk about your helmet of salvation and your breastplate of righteousness. Because I think these are the most two important gifts uh, that God gives us. Now, I think the, the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, the feet shot with the preparation, like, I think these are kind of things that we have to do. That we have to take them up to make advances in the kingdom of God. But salvation is a free gift. That's our helmet. Okay? Our, our righteousness, that's a free gift. That guards our hearts. So our hearts and our minds uh, are the most important things to be protected. Now, if you notice in the book of Revelation, there's two groups of people that go to the lake of fire. Right? The two groups. You know what they are? The fearful and the unbelieving. And that's why I want to talk about the helmet and the breastplate of righteousness tonight, because that protects us from fear and unbelief. So, if we want to eliminate fear and unbelief out of our lives, we've got to understand these two pieces of armor. Okay, so, the helmet of salvation protects your mind, and the breastplate of righteousness, it protects your heart. Okay, now, these two gifts, salvation and righteousness, cannot be earned in any way. They cannot be deserved. Okay, you can't do anything to get them. You have to receive them as a free gift. And if you receive these two free gifts, then you will be immortal. You will be secure. You'll be undefeatable, and you'll be unstoppable. Okay, in Romans 5.17, it says that they that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will rule in life by Jesus Christ. Now, we're not going to rule in life by being good, okay, by being moral. A lot of good moral people, but they don't rule in life. We only rule in life when it, it says when we receive His abundance of grace and we receive His gift of righteousness. Okay? So tonight, can you say emphatically, can you raise your hand and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ? Can you say that? If you can't really say it, then you don't really understand yet these two gifts, and that's why I preach on this a lot. You know, our security in Christ. But your salvation and your righteousness is not based on your obedience. See, obedience is a fruit. It's not a root. Uh, your salvation and righteousness is not based on your performance. It's based on Jesus' performance. Your righteousness and salvation is not based on your obedience. It's based on Jesus' obedience. How many of that by one man, sin entered into the world and death reigned by that one man, right? But by one man's obedience... Eternal life is given. So see, it's Christ's obedience 
that, that makes us righteous and gives us salvation. Now, the world, the flesh, and the devil, if you ask somebody out in the world if they're going to heaven, what are they going to say? Well, I'm a good person, right? They immediately go in to convince you how good they are, right? Because the world, the flesh, and the devil, they want you to believe that it's all based on how good you are and what you do in your works. And it, it puts all the focus on you instead of all the focus on Christ. But see, but that's what the world wants. Because when you focus on your ability, you're going to fail every time, right? So suppose you need salvation. Suppose you need healing. Or I tell you what, suppose you're in a bind right now and you're really praying to God gets you out of something, right? Okay, let me show you this. If I said, okay, let's, let's, let's see if God's going to help you out. Well, have you been good enough this week? Okay. Uh, I'm sure you haven't had any lust in, of the eyes or lust of the flesh. You're good there. I, I know that about you guys. And um, I know you're praying at least an hour a day. Okay, like any good Christian would. And, you know, so there's no problem there. And I know you're probably fasting a couple times a week. And you're visiting the poor and the fatherless in prison. I know you're tithing and giving offerings. No problem. And you're studying the Word. Uh, you're faithful in serving your pastor. I mean, you're loving God with all your heart and soul. You're loving your neighbor as yourself. You're keeping the Sabbath. There's no problems there, right? I mean, you're... Do you feel... If, if, we, if it was based on all that, would we feel like we deserve anything from God? No. Because it's... Because we're trying to base it on what we do. But if we, get our, if we get our eyes on Christ, what He did, and what He paid for, then we have some faith to come to God. Because if we come to God with our own works and own ability, man, we're defeated before we even get to Him, right? Enter the helmet of salvation. Okay? And enter the breastplate of righteousness. And these are the gracious gifts of God. And um, when we have this, then we have love, power, and a sound mind. Because that... Coming to salvation, it protects the way you think. It, it makes you, when you rest in your salvation, then you're creative and you're secure. And how many know you can, if you're on a high wire, you can try some different things if a net's underneath you. You go for it, right? You'd be like me, you go for it, you come up here and try to preach, or you go for it and try to do a crazy ballroom dancing ministry. But when you're secure in who you are in Christ, you can do some things you normally wouldn't do, okay? Because you have that. That security. I want to read this verse in Hebrews 4 9. There remains therefore a rest to the people of God. He that has entered into his rest, he has also ceased from his own works as God did from his. So there comes a point in our life, you know, we just got to give up this religious mentality that we have to work and perform and be good and obedient and all this to get anything from God because. Once we, we enter into that faith with Christ, it's a rest, and we just rest in what He did. You know, thinking that we have to do something to please God, that's the old way of thinking. That's the old covenant. And um, how many know that, uh, that the old way, you know, is, remember when Jesus said this? He said, John the Baptist was the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. Remember when Jesus said that? But He goes, but the least in the kingdom of God is greater than He is. Why is that? It's because in the New Testament, we relate to God as Daddy. We relate to Jesus as our spouse. We relate to the Holy Spirit as our friend. But in the Old Testament, man, they had to do some serving and some sacrificing and jump through all kinds of hoops to please God. But we're His still dear children. It's like this. If your daddy's the president, you don't have to go through security and all these channels. I mean, you just walk right in. You know, that's, that's nothing. Um, 
if your spouse is the president of something, a corporation or whatever, you don't have, you're not an employee, just go in there and demand stuff, right? We, we can just come right into the presence of God and bypass all that religious stuff. You know, your relationship with your best friend is not based on how good or bad you are. Your relationship with your parents is not based on how good or bad you are. Your relationship with your spouse is not based on how good or bad you are. Your God's love for you is not based on how good or bad you are. How many have a good child and a bad child? You love them both the same, right? You wish they would be all good, but you know, look, when when you're the child of God, okay, you don't have to go through all these channels. You just bust right in and go see what's in the refrigerator, right? I mean, that's the best relationship we have with God. He, he's our daddy. The centurion that Jesus said had greater faith than anybody else in all of Israel, and the Syrophoenician woman, which Jesus also said she had greater faith than anybody. You know, these two people, they weren't even Jews. They were Gentiles. They probably worshipped some pagan God. They didn't know anything about the law or keeping the commandments. But Jesus said they had greater faith than all the people in Israel. Why is that? It's because they didn't have any religion that they approached Jesus by. Man, all they believed is that Jesus could do it. They just simply believed in the name of Jesus. And that's the key to our faith.